You're listening to Dads, Diapers, and Drinks. Three dads trying to lead their families well in a crazy world. So grab a drink, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Everybody, welcome back to Dad's Divers and Drinks. I'm your host Scott, and I've just bricked it already. Hey, we don't. We, I'm don't here. Have, I'm Nathan. Nathan. And, Nathan and Jeff are here. <laughs> hey. They're both here, and we have our second guest ever on the podcast. Oh yes, Mr. Dan Adams. Hello, hello. Is here. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming. Welcome, I'm glad welcome. you could fit us into your busy schedule. Mm-hmm. Been looking forward to this. Yeah, I'm sorry we had to cancel you last week. As you can hear, I am not quite. 100%. Back to 100%, but I'm, <laughs> I feel better than I sound. I'm just like in the aftermath of mm-hmm. some bad juju Oof. that hopefully has escaped our house by now. Otherwise, you two are, gonna, are in for it. Well, thanks. Um, yeah. for sure. I've escaped it so far. So I was, yeah, and you've been over. I was over watching the Masters yesterday, which was fantastic. Rory McIlroy put on a show for us. At least someone went low. Someone that was, did. Were you watching, Jeff? Oh, yeah. I watched the whole thing. It was oh, great. It was good stuff. And I, yeah. I I knew who Scheffler was, Scotty mm-hmm. Scheffler. I knew the name before the Masters. I knew he was considered the number one golfer going in and that he'd won a bunch of stuff well, he this is, year already. He was ranked world number one yeah. before the tournament. But so. all those rankings, I don't really give a whole lot of weight to him because it's like, you won two tournaments. You're the best in the world. It's like, well, for this month, but next month, we'll <laughs> yeah. wait and find out. But yeah. it's all math. Those, those numbers it, change it too quickly, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Anyway, but he went and won the Masters. And his interview, if you saw at the end, was pretty awesome. He's a very outspoken Christian guy. Oh. And basically said, you know, they're like, how do you keep your so young? How do you keep your head so cool when you're playing in the, in the Sunday round of the Masters? And his answer was, you know, win or lose the Masters, my comfort comes from God. It doesn't come from what I shoot on the golf course. I do this out of joy and love for what God gave me and hmm. not out of pride or out of, you know, like necessity of like the show. I, I'm I'm here to honor God, and He's blessed me with this, and that's why I do it. I was Respect. like, bro, that's the best answer I've ever heard from a TV show. What <laughs> love in the heck? It. <laughs> yeah, for him. that was awesome. So I'm instantly a big Sheffler. I keep saying Sheffield. Sheffler. Sheffler. I was. Now I feel bad for rooting I against him. I did too. Him because <laughs> I was. <laughs> I was. I wanted the tournament to be interesting, mm-hmm. and he played. I mean, prop hats off to him. He played so well that it wasn't that interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. This, but as soon as the second place guy doubled a hole, it was like, all right, well, that's it. A, yeah, he tripled. Yeah. Cameron Smith tripled, dumped, dumped it in the water, and then it was, uh, he made a mess. It was rough. Um, anyway. Anyway. Golf talk over. We're, yeah. Golf fans, <laughs> Masters happens. It was, uh, it's hard it was to, for it to not be exciting. Glued to my, sorry. Glued to my screen. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't have much of a life update. We've been just getting over sickness in our house, so... Mm-hmm been laying low i have been not golf. getting over sickness and being healthy Woo-hoo. great that's so great <laughs> Rub it in. <laughs> i'm so happy for you oh i know I'm, you are i can feel i'm it. not sure if scott gave it to us but both me and ellen ended up being sick with something this past week too it's going around i haven't even <laughs> i saw you for like two seconds at the easter blast on Saturday. i know your kid went that way and mine went that way and i went like, bye. bye and then how's <laughs> <laughs> that yeah i guess that is our only update uh, uh fellowship had their big easter blast mm-hmm. um, which is a huge family oriented yeah. uh just like easter themed fun event it's basically like, i don't know how like, to describe if it. you know what the blossom festival is in chagrin it's basically like blossom but in our church 
it, it was supposed to be outside, but it was snowing because <laughs> yeah, April. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, <laughs> and it ended up being inside. Yeah. Um, uh. And Ellen, Ellen helps organize events like that at our church. So mm. she was pulling her hair out all week. Yeah. And trying to figure out it how was, to pull this off. And I was, it was crazy. Oh, I was blown changing away. constantly. I'm sure with that. Mm. Oh yeah. yeah. It was nuts. Yeah, Over was, a thousand people signed up to go. Uh, 400 of which have never been to our church before. That's awesome. So That's great. That was yeah. rather huge. And uh, how many years have they been doing this now? I believe this is the second year. It might be the third. The first one might have been really canceled small. a year, two years ago. Mm-hmm. I, don't no, know. I think we did in the fall of 2020. I'm pretty sure fall? we did something. Maybe we didn't. Spring? Yeah. I don't remember. It's either one or two years. <laughs> we moved Easter to the fall. Right? Yeah. yeah. Spring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, the, uh, the great fall festival, Easter. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, we don't, don't usually pies. celebrate the fall at church. But, uh, yeah, this is, our, this is our first time going, and I didn't know what to expect, but I was pretty blown away by how well put together it was, and it was yeah. quite an event, so hmm. I was I was impressed. Good stuff. Yeah, I was having yeah. the big moral conniption about it, as I do about everything. Yeah. I, which is like, I, I know what that. the budget is for <laughs> events like this, and I know that we put a whole lot of money. I mean, we we catered over a thousand Chick-fil-A meals Whoa. for this. Yum. Like, it was, yes. that was like one expense, and then there's like a whole ton of like, you know, big giant bounce houses and carnival game stuff mm-hmm. that we also brought in. It was a hugely expensive thing. And I'm just thinking, is this really what, like, I don't know. Is this what we're supposed to do? Is this the thing? I don't know. I was debating this the whole time. Mm-hmm. And then when they said like 400 people who've never been to our church came, it's like, you know, I think that is probably, yeah, I think that's I think an think important thing. Because my, my comment was I had to drag my child kicking and screaming out of the church because she didn't want to leave. And I was like, kid, we got to go home. The baby's falling asleep. <laughs> the and mom problem. has to stay here <laughs> to like work the thing. I, I need to take you home. And she was just not having it. And I was mm. just thinking how many kids have been taken kicking and screaming from churches in the past 20 years. Yeah. It's not high. They're so dragged, I think that's, kicking and screaming to church. <laughs> yeah, right. it's, this is yeah. the opposite. It's just like whatever expense it is to have young kids mm-hmm. have the impression that a church is a place that I actually would, I, I want to, yeah, I'd go. Because mm-hmm. my mindset is now the next time you say to a kid, hey, we're doing an event at the church, they're way more likely to go, oh yeah, I would totally, yeah, I'll go there. I remember that. That was cool. I'll go back there. And it won't be the same thing, obviously, but it leaves a big impression on families that this is, a place that your kids would actually like to be and wouldn't, you don't have to take them kicking and screaming and drag them across the street to get here. Yeah. So I think that's probably a, a it was for me, it's a big win, Absolutely. but those are tough conversations when you're talking about the budget and how you're going to spend yeah. it. I'm on the mm. other side of yeah, that conversation. You know exactly how yeah. that goes. We yeah. talk about that all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Dan's a pastor. I don't know if we said that. Or yeah. By the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I want to get into that, but before we do, I want to talk about what we're drinking. Cause I'm very excited. This is very good. Dan graced us with this wonderful bottle of Wild Turkey 101, Mm -hmm. which is delightful. I have not had it in a very long time, and I forgot how good it was. Enjoy. I am. Dan is not drinking that. He's drinking a Canada Dry with some... I don't, it's cranberry, a mocktail. Cranberry juice. I forgot what, it, what even type of juice it is. It's refreshing, it. though. I don't yeah. Know. yeah. Some sort of cranberry grape or something. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Before before he gets angry letters, we had to clarify. He yeah. is not drinking the, the bourbon. Yes. But I am enjoying this yeah. mocktail. Yeah. Yes. I have got myself our classic old-fashioned. Ellen went and bought me some bourbon cherries. Good job. So I'd run out of those, and then we got more, and I was like, I must have an old-fashioned because bourbon cherries make the drink. Mm. So, Dude, I swear. I'm satisfied. 
I swear I could just eat that jar of cherries. They're so good. Dude, they're the they're best. Br- I, I don't know how, what's so magic about them, but they're just too good. They're too good. Yeah. Legit. So I had one other story I was going to share oh, go before, we, before we dive into the actual talking with Pastor Dan here. Um, for the past couple of weeks, one of our mutual friends, Marty, has been traveling for work. So the Bible study that he and I do together is usually hosted at his house. And instead, I've been hosting it at my house for the past two weeks and again tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And that's been really cool because normally Ellen is kind of hit or miss if she can go because it depends on if my parents can watch our kids on Tuesday nights, which depends on their work schedule, which, as we all know, is rather up in the air most times. Mm-hmm. So she's kind of hit or miss in getting to go, but she's been able to be part of it for both weeks. And with Marty gone, I've had to do planning because normally Marty kind of runs the whole show and I just show up and help yeah much, talk with much people, like basically. the podcast here wing it <laughs> yes, yes I, I am brought in for assistance <laughs> uh, so similar yeah similar function actually that's hilarious but so the past couple of weeks we ellen me and ellen have been help basically planning a lot of it with our other friend margo mm-hmm. and it's been really cool it's really good it made me miss being more involved in youth group and like like back when marty and margo ran the youth group oh, yeah. i was like really involved in planning and making things happen and I I really missed that. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I love doing this. I forgot how much I really enjoyed being involved in like ministry stuff. This is just so cool. So that, that's been a really awesome kind of blessing to our life. And one of the things that came up is we were having such a good conversation that one of the kids in the, I say kids like 22, <laughs> 26, barely younger than me um, said, you know, I really wish we were recording this because this, I would love to be able to share this with like my you know other friend or my brother or something. And Ellen said, oh, Jeff, you should just start recording these. You could release them with your podcast or something like that. And the whole room goes, you're what? Oops. I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I do a podcast. This is called Dad, Divers, and Drinks. It is. We only got the picture. It's behind me. <laughs> it's really there. Oh, yeah. I finally so, hung mine up back there. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's there. Yeah. So, that was, so we started talking about it. And one of the guys, one of our friends, his name is Mario. He was kind of feeling challenged that we were, we were talking about entering into maturity mm-hmm. in the book of Hebrews and how in the Jewish times that looked like all these things that they then go to to the rest of the book of Hebrews is like how to, in a mature way, defend your positions as believing in Christ as the savior. Mm-hmm. So he said, we should spend some time talking about how we do that today. And he felt really challenged by it. And just just like, dude, I don't even know my Bible well enough to even begin having the conversation. And I don't know what to do mm-hmm. about it. And I said, here's a fun one. My good friend, Nate on the podcast, he told me that what he did it's because he was also a mechanic. Mario's a mechanic. Mm-hmm. What he does is he audiobooks the Bible while he's working. Yep. And that he audiobooked mm-hmm. a ton of the Bible already this year by just doing that while working. That's great. And Mario t- told me recently, he's like, dude, I already finished four books of the Bible of the Old Testament. I'm going to start the New Testament. This is the best <laughs> thing I've ever done in my life. Yeah, that's awesome. I was like, good. I'm so happy that that worked oh, for man. you. I was like, thank you. Because like, it was just something that... That Nate said, and I was like, I could, I bet this would be good for you, and he's loving it. So, dude, that was really cool. Just like awesome that's, podcast, doing some good. <laughs> that's so exciting because that was something that like was really like kind of revolutionary for me because um, our church was gifted, uh, like the whole congregation was gifted the access to the dwell app, which is like yeah, it's a more well produced version of the Bible, and there's different versions, and each version has like a different uh, what are they called? Voice, voice actor yeah voice actor does reads the bible and different people so you can kind of pick and yeah. different accents and different stuff accents. Yeah. and like there's like background music so it's not just like dead silence of someone reading there's like a nice like piano or guitar you can kind yeah. of 
There's a lot of options. I find it all very distracting, it, honestly. Really? It makes me very engaged. I can't focus on what's... Be- <laughs> I don't focus on what's being said. I focus mm-hmm. on the production of it. Yeah. And it's the same thing when they play piano behind a prayer. All I'm thinking about is what the pianist is playing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you though. went for that chord there. That's interesting. I like yeah. how you played that. Oh, oh he's praying, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's the wrong chord, honey. Sorry. But yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. it's been... It was really good, and it's still really good. I'm like two-thirds of the way through the Old Testament at this point, so yeah. Nice. Very yeah. cool. A lot of that is great to just listen to while you're doing something to just to get through it. Because, <laughs> I don't know. I, a lot of Old Testament, if I'm sitting there trying to read it, it's like, mm-hmm. what are you saying? Hold on. Did you say something about, <laughs> you didn't say boring. Pastor Dan, <laughs> I did. I said, Go Old read Testament some Deuteronomy for me. Tell me how riveting that is. At times. No, I'll t- I tell you, I love this conversation because I'm not alone. I'm a big mm-hmm. proponent of audiobooks in general. Yeah. And I'm a, yeah. big, I'm a big reader. I typically read 150 to 200 books a year. Oh, wow. wow. Right. So I'm Man, a reader. But I aspire to be you. Wow. If you were to walk into my office, you'd be hitting the face with like piles of like it's just shelves of books that's that's the over it's there's no decor it's just books but i'll tell you every day i'm audio booking the bible because i mm-hmm. i, I want to listen i want to get more content in and and to hear some it's in somebody else's voice yeah and, yeah. and also you can speed it up sure yeah <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah and yeah also really interesting uh two things one uh my wife katie and i just finished a uh a bible study called Oh, freaking A. I've totally forgot it. <laughs> Sorry. Is it? It's not Renew. It's not what it's called, man. <laughs> I'm guessing not. <laughs> I was do not, do not a. think it's that. <laughs> um, I'm going to look that up for my family. Ooh. Good A. I cannot remember. It's called... It's not growth. What is it? I cannot think of it. Rooted. That's what it's called. Oh, yeah. Rooted. So... Um, we just finished it, and part of the whole program is memorizing scripture, and like... I've gotten really out of that whole yeah, same. practice and it's amazing. Like everyone was like, Hey, you know, memorize the weekly Bible verse. And it was amazing how many like instances I saw that it actually applied to like what was going on. And then secondly, with listening to the audiobook, it's very easy for things to just not work out when you're working on mechanical things. Like the bolt just doesn't go in the hole and you've tried a hundred <laughs> times. Yeah. You're like, you get very, I get, it's very easy for me to get angry and it, the amount of peace that I have when I'm listening is also astonishing. Like, I'm just like, oh, everything's fine. It's, it's all great. I'll just keep trying. Just, yeah, no, just keep trying. No, but like legitimately, like, it's like, I don't even have that spirit of angst that I would have. Yeah. It's, it's pretty fascinating. Yeah. I've noticed that at work too. If it's particularly stressful and I'm listening mm-hmm. to worship music or something, I'd mm-hmm. handle it differently. So I don't know. It's, some yeah, calming, I just listen to metal music effects. all the time and just yell. <laughs> yeah, some, some days I I do that as well. That's, yes. just, that's just the move. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I had a question. I forgot what it was. I was going to say. Well, I can I can lead into a general dad question yes. for yeah. our guest. Go for because it. Because this was my experience that I just had tonight. <laughs> um, so we've had a kind of we we decided that we're going to draw a line starting today with our daughter who's two and a half. Mm-hmm. The way we've done dinners up until now is we make food for mom and dad, and then we put a little bit of it on Kelly's plate, and then we usually make her something else that she will eat. So either some applesauce with some salami or ham or a hot dog or some simple chicken that's been like salted, whatever, and cut up, mm-hmm. and she'll eat that stuff. And that's we've been doing that for a while. Of like she pretty much eats her things, and she'll not touch the like the dinner that we made. 
So we decided tonight that we're going to start doing the, all right, Kelly, you have to try the dinner that we make. We're not just going to let you skip out on all the meals that we make and just eat hot dogs your whole life. You need to at least try a bite of the dinner that we make. And we fought with her for two hours. She sat in the chair screaming, refusing Mm. to take a bite of a meatball. (laughs) We made (laughs) spaghetti and meatballs. You know, like Uh, some, oh my gosh, uh, some tragedy. How dare you? She she would not take a bite of meatball for two hours. Oh, wow. We were like, we're looking up, you know, the the British show um, Super Nanny? Mm -hmm. Yeah. We're looking up clips of Super Nanny as she's, (laughs) Thomas, no. You have to sit in the chair and you have to take a bite. Mommy says you have to. So we're watching that for motivation as Kelly's just screaming that she refuses to eat. And I was debating in my head, is this too early? Is it not worth, is this just like not worth doing yet? Or mm. is this the type of thing that when they're five, you just go, all right, we're going to do this now and you'll learn. Mm-hmm. Or do you need to implement this at two in order to make it work at five? In your experience, Dan, what did you end up doing with like just getting your kids to eat meals? Oh boy. So <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't you like it just to be um, that easy where mm-hmm. you just say, Here, here's what's for dinner and you're grateful <laughs> and you eat it and it's never the case. Yeah. Um, you got to build that. It's not there to start. Yeah. Well, let me, let me tell you a story in reverse. Uh, so for many years, I was a youth pastor. My role is different now at the church. I oversee mm-hmm. youth ministry and young adults and a variety of other things. But so I worked for years and years with makes it sound like I'm super old, but but for a good long time with parents who would come pulling their hair out because mm-hmm. their 17-year-old, their 18-year-old, their 15-year-old, their 19-year-old was just uh, unruly, disobedient, mm-hmm. didn't have any desire to listen to mom or dad because at age 16, they were deciding to put their foot down mm-hmm. and to yeah. expect obedience mm-hmm. and to want to instill some sort of self-discipline. And the only thing that I can say to them at that point is, it's too late. I mean, I don't say it. I don't say <laughs> yeah. that. I don't say it like that. Yeah. But if you have had the most formative years of teaching them, you get your own way if you throw a temper tantrum. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really hard to curb that when now they're uh, processing it from a logical standpoint. They can throw an argument back at you. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. The the fight is a lot bigger than a little temper tantrum. That's a that's a screaming fit. So um, it's probably not about the meatball at some point, right? With it, Kelly. It's, oh, it's not at all. Right yeah, there. she it's likes meatballs, too. She will eat it. It's officially one of the merches I'm making Love it right it. now. Yeah, so it's not about the meatball in that moment. And and I, in, as a parent, I've had this conversation. So we have three daughters. One is 16, one is just about 14, and one just turned 12. So mm-hmm. we're uh, three girls, a little bit older than Kelly, a little further down the road. Uh, and we have one, I'm not going to tell you which one, who is much more stubborn is the right word than the other two. The other <laughs> two are compliant, even if they don't want to, they'll eventually get around. But this other one, I have to tell her on a regular basis. It's now, daughter, it is not about whatever the thing she's pitching a fit about. Mm. I remind her, it's not about the meatball right now. It's about obedience here and you learning that obedience is important. Mm. And so my encouragement to you is, um, boy, the temper tantrums right now at two and a half are nothing compared to when they're licensed and can drive a car and can do all kinds of big and bad things, right? Mm, Uh, For them to to build that trust with when mom and dad are asking me to do something, it really is in my best interest. Mm. So that's easier said than done. I get that. At our house, it has been uh, hours of screaming and sitting sullenly at the table. Mm. Uh, we have at our house, and so I'm glad to hear you're, you're doing that. At our house, we so, have what we call no thank you helpings. Mm-hmm. When the, we, we do 
dinners at home as a family as often as we can. And as the kids get older, that gets more challenging. But we do that more often than we don't. And the dinner table is family style, and we pass the plate or, mm-hmm. or whatever it is. And if you don't want any, you still get – you know, no thank you. I don't want that. I don't want asparagus tonight. Okay, you still get a no thank you helping, mm-hmm. whether it's just you gotcha. know, one strip of asparagus or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and you're not leaving the table until you eat that. You don't have to like it, but you have to at least experience it. Mm-hmm. And- <laughs> yeah. So my, my bigger question inside of that is at what, at what point is it detrimental? At what point is it beneficial? So – with a two with a two and a half year old, my one thought I had is maybe she just doesn't quite comprehend what's going on well enough. Like mm-hmm. when we say, Kelly, you 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 can't leave until you take a bite of this. She was just so hysterical. I, at first, it was like she just says, "No, no, no, I don't want dinner. I don't want dinner." And you're like, "No, you have to have dinner." But by 45 minutes into this, she was just like screaming hysterically. Sure. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't know if this is beneficial anymore. I feel like I'm just causing like 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 a problem. A, emotional that scarring doesn't need is to, happening. Like, <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Like at what point yeah. is this like? All right, this isn't worth it anymore. Let's just put her down. Give her a freaking hot dog like she always has, and we'll mm. just try again tomorrow. Oh, yeah. Like, is it the type of thing where when you give in like that, am I going to build the habit of? Oh yeah, now she'll just fight me for 45 minutes and then get a hot dog, or do I really need to stick that out for two hours? If it takes every night for the next month yeah, until so, this is over. So I, I don't know. I don't know Kelly, but uh, <laughs> it depends. It, it, uh, yeah. Okay. It depends on the kid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I would say so. You, you're the, you're in the best position to know is if this fight's worth it or not. And, and the fight again, isn't about the meatball. It's about helping her yeah. learn uh, how to, how to react in a, and respond appropriately to authority. She's going to have authorities in her life, all of her life. You know, you go to work, you, yeah. you can't just pitch a fit when you don't like what the boss tells you or whatever. So, yeah. but also she's not going to learn the lesson two hours in of screaming and being red in the face and a raging headache because mm-hmm. of that, you know, yeah. emotional scarring is setting in at that point. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, yeah. the, that same meatball can be served for breakfast tomorrow. <laughs> Right, because <laughs> because that lesson still needs to be learned. Uh, I got them in the fridge, man. Yeah, right. That's my lunch tomorrow. I'll, I'll spare one. Yeah. Uh, the devious laugh. I love it. Yeah, I'll tell you that's hard though. I have had this conversation. Kelly's too young for this conversation, but I've had this conversation with my daughters, and I tell them, "You have to know, you know, what battle you're fighting." But mm. I've said in this contest of win, uh, contest of battles. Because I'm your father, I can't afford to lose this. Mm. Not because I need to win, Mm -hmm. but because I want my child to learn a principle here. Mm -hmm. That there are things – my child – all three of my kids profess Christ as their Savior, Mm. which is a a wonderful blessing to me. And if they're going to be obedient to Christ, they believe – the scripture that says children obey your parents. They don't always like that, but they believe that's true. <laughs> right. And later in life, even when they're not children in my household, the scriptures are still true that they have to honor their father and their mother. Mm-hmm. And they have to learn to navigate that. Well, I'm it's my it's my duty to it's our duties as fathers to to help them learn that. And sometimes those are easy lessons and sometimes those are hard lessons. Yeah, that, that's tough. Uh, terrible twos is called that for a reason, isn't it? Right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. That sounds pretty terrible. <laughs> I'd say it was the first time where I felt like Alan kind of said, all right, dad, you have to be the authority here. And I was like, okay. <laughs> all right. <laughs> this kind of sucks. Yeah. Here we go. That was one of the first moments where I really felt like, all right, I need to do the discipline in here mm-hmm. and well, I got to stick with it and not bend. And that's why I'm really questioning myself of like, 
it, I don't know. Well, I didn't bend, and I'm like, I don't even know. Maybe I should yeah. have. I don't know. After two hours, know. maybe. Can I tell you another <laughs> story? Hours. Let yeah. me tell Dude, you another story. There. Go ahead. The, the <laughs> same daughter who uh, struggles with obedience. She's very uh, bullheaded, mm-hmm. very strong-willed. And I tell her, I try to build her up and encourage her all the time. I tell her, you know, people are going to follow you. You have a strength of will, and people will follow you. Choose wisely where you go because they're going to follow you. Use that power for good, not for evil. <laughs> yeah. We, so we talk about obedience regularly. At about age five. We had been working on obedience with her, and we, we call it instant obedience. It's, if it's delayed obedience, it's not obedience. It's you getting your will and you're bargaining, and then you're trying to rationalize with me, and you're trying to see. So this is the same child who when – now, we practice spanking in our house, and when she was told she couldn't do something, she would ask, well, how many spankings am I going to get? Like she was bargaining oh, wow. with, is it worth wow. it? Right, yeah. I mean, so wow. very strong. Bargaining pain chips yeah. over here. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Is, <laughs> it worth, is it worth five spankings, or is it, or is it only worth two spankings? I feel like, like I did Which that. Which parent yeah. is doing the spanking? Yeah, right. Yeah, I know I, know I did that. I would ask, yeah. I would say, is it a mom spank or a dad spank? <laughs> you know I asked about that. Oh, which, which was better? Which would you rather get? I'm curious. Uh, it was uh, mom spanks weren't as bad. Oh, it was dad, the, dad didn't hold back. It was the opposite <laughs> in my house. Dad would spank with the paddle. He had mm-hmm. the wooden paddle that he would spank. He never, it was never abusive. He never beat us, but he instilled discipline that way. Mom would grab anything that oh, she could whoa. reach, and she would aim generally for your rear end but she would grab the good the, the goodie brush you know the one that has the vents in it so you can use the hair dryer oh, man. you can just hear the thing oh. whistling through the air as she <laughs> smacks you in the small of the back oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, let, let me let me finish my story about this yes, one sorry, sorry. so we had been working <laughs> and we, we came to a victory in obedience i was walking the girls to the um the corner store it was a gas station it's a speedway mm-hmm. It's two blocks from our house, but you have to cross the main street mm-hmm. and then you have to cross a bunch of uh, uh, residential and commercial driveways as we're going in and multiple streetlights. It's only a block and a half. It's just very busy right there. And uh, Grace wasn't with us. My wife wasn't with us. We were taking the kids. They call it the slushy station because for 89 cents, I can get any size slushy and I am <laughs> the hero on a hot summer day. <laughs> and so we're going to the slushy station and out of nowhere, I, I can only assume that this driver was drunk. But this one daughter was probably about 15 feet ahead of me, outside of my reach, and this driver just careens across from the opposite way, three lanes of traffic, and is heading in a split second is going to hit my daughter if she doesn't stop right now. And I think she was on a scooter. I can't remember. It's been long enough. But I just yelled out her name, stop. Mm-hmm. And I am so grateful that we had practiced instant obedience oh, because man. had she not stopped, there was nothing I could do. I could not Superman to her. I could not mm-hmm. grab her out of the wow. way. I couldn't get between her and the car. And if she had not stopped, she would have been a speed bump. My mm-hmm. God. So, so there yeah. is hope. Keep working on it. It's a lesson that's learned. And boy, I'm grateful that he, as stubborn mm-hmm. as she is, that uh, we had yeah. been working on that for years. Well, man. that's that's a factor that I like when it comes to obedience that I think about that there's like – there's this aspect exactly of like what you were talking about where it's a, not even a matter of, you know, should, should I continue this fight to some degree? And it's like, no, I, you have to win. And it's not because you need to be the winner because you need to, you know, assert your, your dominance over your yeah, child. It's not, about, no, it's, not about ego. It's not winning for, for you. Yeah. No, it's for the good of them entirely. Correct. And it's like, you, you can't lose because losing is so much more, terrible than you could possibly imagine and the sense that, that it <laughs> they, could be it could be hazardous to the point that they could literally die just because of 
of even safety situations yeah. like those kinds of Or in of terms things. of lifelong lessons that they need yes. to have to be able to right. hold down a job someday. Mm-hmm. Right? Exactly. Right. We talked about that before, how we're, we're raising future adults mm-hmm. and <laughs> they're kids now. So obviously we cater the lessons to what they're able to understand, but mm-hmm. um, they will be adults someday and we're trying to make good adults um, so, but you haven't so. lost if you save the meatball for the next day. There are times yeah, when okay. you say this lesson is best learned tomorrow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you won yeah, this that, battle. That's that's a, that's a nice nugget of wisdom. <clears throat> well, meatball of wisdom for me. Yeah, right. That, uh, <laughs> the fight the fight isn't isn't won and lost today. No, I've got right. her whole lifetime to, yeah. to work on these. It doesn't mean it doesn't mean you don't do it, but it means that if it's if you determine it's not probably working right now, that that's okay. We'll do mm-hmm. it. We'll try again tomorrow. Yep. Te- yeah. Teachable yeah. moments. We'll that's what you're looking for, those teachable moments. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I have a question for you, Dan, kind of related to what Jeff was talking about. Um, so Davis is now, he's 15 months old. Mm-hmm. Um, Getting big. He understands what the word no means. And it doesn't even matter what he's doing. If we just say no, he's instant screaming, instantly upset. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm finally at the point in my parenting career, if you could call it that, mm-hmm. Where I'm like getting really angry at the kid, like not just is for his defiance, not for just him being a frustrating baby yeah. at times. Um, like I, I can tell he's actively like trying to defy what we're saying. Well, and, sorry, I don't want to interrupt you, but even yesterday, at, um, I saw him literally laugh in your face. Like you literally told yeah. him well, no, I was worried. Oh, that's and awesome. he went, he went, like that kind of laugh too. And you're like, yeah. like I'm like, I couldn't was, imagine being in that moment. Well, he started grabbing Kelsey's hair mm-hmm. and he's pulling, I actually wore this shirt yesterday. <laughs> he's pulling, <laughs> he's pulling on my buttons and I'm like, stop mm-hmm. pulling on my buttons. <laughs> I grabbed his hand and, um, and now he's throwing his food. Mm-hmm. Um, and every time we say, no, don't throw your food. He looks at us. Grabs his food. And he like slowly is he's about to throw it again. And then we're like, all right, you're done. And we pull him out of his high chair and we put him on the ground. Then he starts wailing. So it's, you know, we're getting to the point where he's aware of what he's doing and he's starting mm-hmm. to defy us. So I guess I'm wondering at what stage in your kids' lives were you the most angry with them? Or did they drive you the most crazy? Yesterday. No. <laughs> you know, I it's think kids need to come day. with a warning label. You have no idea how much time you're going to spend consciously allowing them to scream about something, a, a problem or a mess or a fit that they <laughs> mm. themselves have created. Right. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And just do I save them from this or, or not? Uh, Let them wallow in it. Yeah. So for our kids, and I can only speak to our kids, and I can only speak, we have not unlocked the the boy code. We only have girls at our house, so I can't speak to the the Davis he kind. But Mm. um, for us, (laughs) you know, boy or girl, they're probably pretty similar. Yeah, 15 months. 15 months, yeah. 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 Uh, So there was 18 months for each of my girls pretty much. There were some things that started to happen. There was a huge growth spurt developmentally for them where they started putting things together differently and responding different uh, up until 18 months they almost only needed mom <laughs> and i was just a guy who lived in the house yeah. i couldn't i'm it, they didn't need me for anything i loved them i think they liked me they were aware of me mostly <laughs> at 18 they months yeah. at 18 yeah. months they started interacting with cool. me and and we love that uh, but discipline is is small things at that point and mm. you, they don't have words to articulate what and they don't understand all the time yeah. the rationale behind it 
So this is not a good number that you're going to want to hear because it's a ways off. But uh, 17 years old. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) You know, at three years old, they're rationalizing a little bit more. It's not the same. Uh, And there's bargaining that goes on. And by the time they're getting to kindergarten, which is what, five, six years old, Mm -hmm. uh, they're they're preparing to learn discipline that's um, expected out in society. Sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that that takes time. <laughs> it doesn't yeah. happen overnight, mm-hmm. right? And so the consistency in those teachable moments to look for them, but but also to remember, we've been called as fathers specifically not to exasperate our children. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I have to constantly keep in check what are my expectations for my kids. Mm-hmm. Now I'm not suggesting that your expectations are unrealistic. That has been my experience though mm-hmm. too many times, mm-hmm. where I expect A plus behavior for a 17 year old. For my six-year-old child, right? (laughs) And that's not realistic. Um, And so my child at this age, what is realistic age-appropriate behavior for a a five-year-old or for a Mm. three-year-old? I have to to do the research to know what that is. Yeah, they they didn't come with a manual, but there are but there are good books that talk about what are and I I could give you a a couple of resources if you're curious that that talk about each stage each at each age and what Mm. what kind of challenges they have and what kind of uh, what what's their mental development and psychological development and all that which is really an interesting study. I'm no expert in that, but it was helpful for me because I have to keep my expectations in check. Otherwise, everybody's having a bad time because I'm demanding a certain (laughs) level of behavior from them and I'm disappointed. And they're frustrated because I'm expecting them to reach beyond what they're able to achieve. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's something I, I think I've been really good at actually keeping my reactions in check and keeping my emotional, <laughs> mm-hmm. what I want to say or how I want to outburst, like keeping that in check. Cause I, I honestly don't know. I'm pretty ignorant about what to expect. So I'm like, yeah. I, I would rather underreact than overreact. So mm-hmm. I'd like suppress Everything. Well, I don't have anything revolutionary to say here, but when it has been for our children, what we have done, um, we use both the carrot and the stick. Mm. You know, we want to give them all of the good things. Mm-hmm. But if you're disobedient, those things can disappear. I mean, we don't, our kids are not neglected, but all yeah. of the things that you enjoy right now, if, if you can't have appropriate behavior, you're going to lose all of those things mm-hmm. until you can learn that. And, yeah. you know, that, that helps. But at, at uh, Davis's age, it's a little bit challenging to yeah. w- take away your blocks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'll go chew on something else. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Everything it's is all a the toy. S- it's all the same to me. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He's been... Uh, never mind. <laughs> no, um, that's something that I've always thought about. And it's really... I feel like it's super difficult to have the appropriate perspective of what is appropriate behavior. Because it's so easy. You see some kids that are just so naturally well-behaved that you're just like, oh, so you exist. And you're like, oh, so that's the new standard for every kid. But it's like, that's so unreasonable. You can't expect every kid to suddenly be like, oh, I am just a, you know, I'm a savant of language at six. It's just not not realistic. At the Easter blast, I had that. Oh, really? We were in the the neon or the the black lit egg hunt room Mm -hmm. and Davis was having a blast. And then the room was full of balloons, and these—I don't know—I don't know how old these kids were. Five, six, seven. Mm-hmm. They start popping the balloons, and that freaks Davis out. Mm-hmm. It freaks me out. I don't like that. It's loud. It's startling. So I was like angry at these kids, and 
Davis is starting to scream his head off. So I'm like, all right, we're going to take Davis out of here. But I, I don't know. Everything in me wanted to scream. Like, why are you doing this, kid? Why mm-hmm. Why are you popping balloons? Why, why do you think this is a good thing? And where but, are the parents? <laughs> yeah, yes. where are your parents? Grace and I say that all the time. Where are the parents? Because <laughs> yeah. not everyone who is a mother and a father is actually actively parenting. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. 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 It's a shame. But there's your chalk it up to like, it's a six-year-old boy. Yeah, that's where I was like, I don't, know, balloons, I don't know what man. to expect. Yeah, I was like, kids are probably, they're probably just having fun. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe Davis will be that same punk kid someday, but I will probably be in there with him and pull him out. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. At least you can hope. I, I hope so. I mm-hmm. hope Davis is a good kid. I'm going to make him a good kid, dang it. <laughs> I'm going to do my best. <laughs> mm. um, so we can so, move. What? Go, go ahead. I was going to move on from parenting talk and mm-hmm. move into a different topic. Go for it. All right. Marriage. <laughs> so, I highly recommend it. Marriage. Good. <laughs> Big fan. Big fan. Um, so, yeah, all three, all three of us are married. Jeff mm-hmm. and I have kids. And uh, it's been interesting navigating a married relationship once a kid is part of the equation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so... I guess and you, I know you do a lot of premarital counseling. Or do you do premarital counseling or marital counseling? Yes, you do. Yes, you do all, okay. Yeah, as a matter Terrific. of fact. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, you did our premarital counseling. I don't know why you didn't ask I did. the question. <laughs> I was, I was <laughs> there. Do you remember that? Wait, Wait, do we need to? Re- do we need to revisit that? <laughs> I was, you said. I remember some things you said. Well, for all the listeners and viewers, I think um, I've married two of you here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You right. Have. Yeah, been in, been involved in the process for two of the three. Is correct. Yeah. That was an embarrassing moment. Um, <laughs> well, good thing it's recorded. We, have, we do have remedial courses. <laughs> for those who can't remember. Oh, boy. Oh. For those who can't remember pre-marriage counseling, we have marriage counseling. <laughs> <laughs> because your uh, wife does remember. <laughs> Don't worry. She does. Uh, uh, locked in there. So, um. How often in counseling sessions are kids mm. part of the issue in a marriage? Or at least or, called out as the issue, like, oh, it's, or, it's the or kids. Difference, difference in parenting styles. or mm. In their marriage, that hasn't been something I've encountered mm. uh, significantly. Now, I'm, I'm not a counselor outside of the church context. Mm-hmm. Sure, yeah. And if somebody was having significant marital conflict issues, I would be... Uh, referring them out to a clinically trained counselor. Gotcha. So, so I not that I avoid that, but I'm not particularly skilled at that. And within the context of my church, I'm primarily working with younger couples who are on ramping toward marriage. So pre-marriage mm-hmm. counseling and mm-hmm. and some of the education and training that comes with getting ready for marriage. That's where I spend more of the time. Okay, the areas of conflict that uh, that I mo- encounter more uh, regard finances or intimacy yeah. issues that sure. you know, mm-hmm. crop up. Uh, outside of that, there are all kinds of parenting issues that come up, but not as a conflict within the marriage, but as a, we don't know what to do with our kid. Can gotcha. you help us? Mm. And that's a little bit different. At least they're wanting to team up as opposed to the, the kid being the wedge in the relationship. Mm. All right. Yeah. Well, cool. Although anybody who's listening who's uh, considering marriage, I highly recommend pre-marriage counseling. Not everybody does. Mm-hmm. You have to spend a ridiculous amount of number of hours to get your driver's license. Mm-hmm. You have to do like, what, what is it, uh, eight hours of in-cars and 50, ca- 50 hours of driving and then yeah. 24 mm-hmm. hours of classroom. But you can just go get a license and get married today. 
with, yep. with no preparation. Pretty easy. For the yeah. most important um, relationship on earth, you know. Yeah. Let's <laughs> right. prep for this a little bit. And I mean, right. Yeah. It's a big I deal. Had, I had to have 1,900 hours of training to become an AMP mechanic, so... I think you should have a fair bit to be married for the rest of your life. <laughs> right. If you want yeah. to be happy and be satisfying and mm-hmm. you know not riddled with all kinds of conflict. Absolutely. Yeah. Right, yeah. And it's <laughs> yeah. it's interesting though specifically on that topic is that there is a pretty wide diversity of what that means cuz I know some couples that have gone through marriage like premarital counseling and they're like, "Yeah, we did like three sessions and it was like an hour or two total and that was it." And like Mine was extensive. It was like 16 separate sessions. Some people have more issues. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) It was like the program that they had had set up. That's not the standard. Mm, Okay, good to know. (laughs) Glad I ousted myself (laughs) on a recording. Scott, you and I can Uh, just sit You guys got to come back next week, too. Actually, you should come back the next eight weeks. I think we all need counseling after this. That's that's interesting. When I sit down with a couple for the very first time, Mm -hmm. you know, I I will say to them, I anticipate probably five to seven counseling sessions. Mm -hmm. And they – and. Different people do it differently. That's how I do it. And they want to know, well, how many? And it, well, yeah. it depends. We're going to be talking about some things. We might find some hot topics that we need to explore mm-hmm. a little bit more for the health of your relationship that yeah. you, you dig down in. And uh, you, you wouldn't want to you know, just skate on over those. You want to take some time to, to find some health in that area. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm curious, in your counseling experience, what have been the things that you've seen that have made marriages – struggle primarily and what are the, like what what are the big takeaways basically when you see when you see struggling marriages i know you've said financing uh mm-hmm. you've said intimacy issues right but what are the things that we can do now to make sure that we don't fall into these things mm-hmm. yeah well you guys all three of you have a lot of very positive things going for you mm-hmm. i mean you have a faith community that's surrounding you you're involved in a community group with your your church right mm-hmm. um, so yeah, have, having the, yeah having that built-in encouragement and accountability to have other people who are doing life with you mm. that's really helpful uh, to have healthy people who are building into you speaking into your lives because otherwise if you're isolated and, and I don't mean to have somebody to just go gripe to about your spouse, but mm-hmm. people who will encourage you along the way. That's so incredibly helpful. Um, managing expectations is a big deal when I'm talking to couples who are preparing for marriage and or are experiencing struggles within marriage. Mm. To talk about what some of those expectations are and to be able to put voice to them mm-hmm. and then to be able to come to some sort of agreement, hopefully, is the idea. So. Boy, I'll tell you, intimacy is an issue that people just assume because we're 19 and in love, we will always mm-hmm. be on fire for each other. Well, yeah, probably you'll want that, but that's not always the case because enter in a slobbery, pukey, <laughs> diapered kid, and all of a sudden the romance level could just go – it's it's a little little bit it different, right? For yeah. Sure. yeah, the <laughs> dynamics change. There's another person involved, mm-hmm. and then there are multiple people involved. You know, and for some couples, um, and I'm I'm talking about expectations and intimacy specifically here, mm-hmm. uh, but some couples, boy, they're hoping to have kids, and they expect to have kids, mm-hmm. and they have trouble getting pregnant, and mm-hmm. now all of a sudden you go from making love to making a baby, and those are two very different acts. I mean, it's the same thing. Okay, it's the same thing, but Mm -hmm. it's very different, you know. So talking about expectations, uh, who's who's going to pay the bills? Yeah. Or who takes out the garbage? Or who fixes the car? Or like all of Mm -hmm. those things. Some of those some of those roles are assumed when you're in love and ready to get married. And if you're not talking about those kind of things, 
It's mm. easy to start resenting somebody by even as early as by year two or three when the honeymoon is kind of worn off and now yeah. the grind of life sets in and all of a sudden <laughs> the chores have to get done. Like that, mm-hmm. if if we know what those expectations are, we've agreed upon those and and when they're not working, revisit them. All of a sudden, and that comes back to communication, right? We're talking mm-hmm. we're talking about the things that are on our minds or the things that are frustrating us. So, uh, intimacy issues is one. I'd say, Jeff. I'd also say managing having realistic expectations and being able mm. to talk about them. Uh, you know, finances is another thing too. I, I'm gonna be careful when I share stories and examples, but mm-hmm. um, b- because I want to protect those who have shared with me. But uh, one of my best friends growing up got married shortly before me. I was not yet in ministry full time by any means. Um, they, you know, if you sometimes you think about in the couple, one's a saver and one's a spender. Mm-hmm. They didn't have the saver in their family. They had <laughs> two super spenders. <laughs> and by year three of their marriage, mm-hmm. in addition to all their college debt and everything else they had, um, they found themselves bankrupt. And mm. they had all of the things, and they watched that. They watched all the other families have these things, but they forgot. My parents. It took them a lifetime to accumulate and acquire all these things. And they yeah. wanted them by eight, by year two or three of marriage. And mm-hmm. so, you know, finances and having discipline in that and having a real, again, realistic expectations there and to talk about that and to set some real goals and to be able to have priorities and to live within a budget. Those are all skills that are, you can't assume you have to learn and practice and be disciplined with them. Mm-hmm. I know in my pre-marriage counseling, we did like a stress test thing of like what things are, or I forget what exactly it was called, but basically, what things do you have unrealistic expectations for and what things are you most stressed about? Mm-hmm. And my most stressed thing was finance at the time because I was young and I didn't really have the most secure job. And I remember being just unbelievably stressed about money. And I was super stressed about that. And it was definitely the biggest burden on me and my family, which was just the two of us at the time, for the first probably three years of our marriage was just constantly being like, Oh my gosh, have I screwed up? Have I made the wrong decisions? Am I totally bankrupting myself? Am I mm-hmm. am I leading not only me but now my wife down a down a dumb financial path? Have I totally tanked us? Mm-hmm. It was just like constant stress in the back of my head for like a couple of years. And thankfully now I we're well we're well past that and I I'm I'm do well enough financially now that this isn't a a stress. But at, at the time there was a couple of years where I would like like when I first started my job that I have now, mm-hmm. I was so stressed out. I had complete panic attacks Ooh. and like I didn't show up to work a couple days the first quarter that I worked at my job because I was so stressed out that I just like I couldn't like I couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. Wow. And like our, our friend Marty, who's one of my favorite people I talk about a lot, he came over to my house because Ellen called him because she didn't know what to do because she was just like, I don't know what to do about this. And he showed up with a pizza and I'll never forget this. It was just the dumbest thing. He had the Tom Cruise mummy movie, which stunk. Yes, yes, it did. And yeah. he had a box of pizza, and he's like, Jeff, there's something odd about this pizza, and I'm not going to tell you until you figure it out. Uh, and he just left it like that. That's so great. And I'm like, after like the movie's like over, and I was like, dang it, Marty, what is odd about this pizza? I can't tell. And he's like, this is a Papa John's pizza, and that is a Domino's garlic sauce. <laughs> <laughs> what in the okay. world? That was his thing. And there was so no point just, to that? Nope, that was the whole thing. And All right. <laughs> so it was just just to say that that was the, that was like what I needed. That mm-hmm. was after, I, at the end of two years of marriage, 
that 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 this happened where I kind of hit this breaking point. And it was this dumb little moment with our good friend Marty where I, I had someone in my life that could come and help me out when my wife was like unsure of what to do because I was just so yeah down in the dumps and so stressed about our financial situation that I, there was someone who's just there to like this dumb, the, literally I still remember because it's just this dumb little thing to get me kind of back on my feet and get rolling. Good for Marty. But it was a huge turning point for me personally was that story. And I don't think everybody, well, not everybody would agree with this either, but not everybody understands guys like guys do guys need guys mm-hmm. for that kind of thing. Yeah. You know, Ellen's wrestling with how do I help my husband in this area? Because she doesn't wrestle with that sort of um, attachment. Our identity as men is so attached Oh, to yeah. what we do when you when you meet somebody yeah. what do you ask them first thing hey what so do what, what do you do i yeah. mean because that's your identity mm-hmm. and when you're wrestling or struggling or have insecurity there it's more than just financial insecurity it's i it's an identity crisis at that point it eats at your inner yeah. person mm-hmm. I, I had such imposter syndrome yes because because sure. i didn't have a degree and i got hired to a job at a software development company i was like my insecurity levels which i've never really been an insecure person mm-hmm. but that got to me in such a way I was just so lost. I was like, I can't, I just couldn't deal with it in such a way that I've never experienced before. I was just at home and I was like, I can't get myself to go to work. I feel like I'm a fraud. I just couldn't believe it. (laughs) Yeah. It was like an unbelievable experience, but yeah, it took another, it took for me a a guy who's, I mean, he's about your age, Dan. So someone who was like the next stage of life ahead of me to come and like, just be there, be there with me and like, make it make sense to me. Cause that stress was unbelievably crippling for me. Financial. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I actually have a question. I think we've actually talked about it, or it may have been on one of our podcasts, but I feel like you have a specific insight into this, Dan, is um, at what point does my ministry become disrespectful to my family? Or like, at what point does, you know, like our faith is, at least for me personally, and my understanding, it's, it's like the most important thing, fundamentally, a relationship with Christ. But at the same time, we're simultaneously called to lead our families well. So it's like, at what point can there be too much overlap of importance when it comes to ministry as a whole? Or just time spent at church? Like, oh, I'm spending all this time, you know, like for Scott and I, it's like, oh, you're spending time on tech or with the band or something. You know, and you're not actually, I mean, it may be admirable, but like, at what point is too much? Yeah, to some extent, too much of a good thing. Yeah, yeah. Like you were just saying, as guys, we pour our identity into what we do. So mm-hmm. I guess as as a pastor, I feel like that, that could be an easier mm-hmm. trap to fall into in a way because your yes. your job is your job <laughs> is ministry. Yeah. Um, so yeah, how do you balance that with your career and your family? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So balance is a tricky word. I don't. I think I'm so. For me personally, I think I'm doing pretty well in that area. For the most part, you have to ask my family if that's true. <laughs> but I think I'm winning mostly. And I'm, I'm not saying I'm crushing it there. I think I'm on the positive. You know, fi- I'm playing 500 ball at least mm. there. It's pretty good. But it's, it's a constant thing. struggle every day to mm. prioritize. Mm. And so, again, that word prioritize is so important because um, – God, there, God has spoken about some of the priorities, right? And God, my relationship with Christ, my my faith mm-hmm. is most important to me, mm-hmm. and my God needs to come first. He deserves that. He's primary. He's number one. And I think we share that value in this room mm-hmm. on this podcast. And then then comes family, 
And it didn't take very long until Genesis chapter 2, verses 18 through 24. Sorry, it's going to get preachy here for a second. Do it. But there is long before there was even in-laws. I mean, it's Adam and Eve. He had just got done creating Mm. Adam and Eve. And this is before the fall. Everything is good. And he says, but but you will... I'm, I'm going to misquote it, but there, you're going to leave and cleave is the passage. You're going to cling. You're going to leave your your mother and father and cling to your husband and to your wife. Mm-hmm. And so there's this idea of uh, families of origin and families of creation. And every time a couple gets married, there's a family of creation. A brand new family has been created, and mm-hmm. there's a priority there. Mm-hmm. Now, my priority isn't to my mom and my dad. My priority is to my wife and any future kids. And now my attention span gets uh, even more challenged. I have three kids, right? Mm-hmm. So now I don't just have the priority of a wife, but yeah. I have the priority of three kids who, and and I was reminded early on in ministry by somebody who was mentoring me. He said, um, nobody else can husband your wife. Mm. <laughs> Lots of people can pastor this church. Yeah. I was so grateful for that <laughs> advice. That's good stuff. And, yeah. and, and so I'm the only one who's in professional ministry here. So I understand, mm-hmm. but, but I think the principle is still true mm-hmm. that my wife doesn't need somebody to pay the mortgage or fix the car. She needs a husband, mm-hmm. and I need to be present regularly. She can hire all those other things out. She needs <laughs> a, she needs that companion. I committed to that. I should stick with that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't know what that looks like in a number of hours, but she'll she'll be good to tell me. We have good communication, and she'll let me know when that's out of bounds. Mm-hmm. And we talk about that, how many nights out a week is appropriate. Yeah. And if this week is out of control, then what does next week look like? We talk about that. My kids don't get a say in the matter so much. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're kids. They just know they need their dad. Yeah. And nobody else can parent my kids. My kids need, you guys know that, girls need their dads. Mm-hmm. Boys need their dads. Mm-hmm. I have to be present. And I'm in the wrong church ministry if, whether volunteer or vocational, either mm-hmm. one, if I say to the person who I'm responsible to, you know what, things are out of balance a little bit. I need to take a step back. And mm-hmm. I mean, I'm I'm not bailing, I'm, but I need to take a step back here because my family needs me here for this right now, or I need mm-hmm. to reprioritize. And they're not if they're not concerned about the health of uh, me and my family, mm-hmm. they're trying. To, they're just using me. Yeah, I, I can, you know, you know, in a in a moment's conversation, if they're just using me and what they can get out of me, mm-hmm. that's not what ministry is about. Ministry yeah. is about serving, right? Absolutely. And so if if I say, hey, I, I need to reallocate some of my time here. And they're not concerned for me. Boy, mm. it's probably time to start having a different conversation about, <laughs> right. about what, what's my involvement here. Fortunately, yeah. I'm in place, I've been in places of ministry where that's hasn't been the case. Everybody's been very supportive and and. Um, but I don't know. If, I think that answers your question, no, kind of. Yeah, I think it absolutely does. But God first, family second. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good stuff. <laughs> it's been uh, <clears throat> it's been tough in the early going of Davis's life. Mm-hmm. We're. Uh, I feel like our marriage, well, I've said this before, like our marriage was put on pause because um, <clears throat> we're just trying to figure things out. And uh, yeah. it's been, especially recently, like when people start getting sick and uh, like this past week, we've all been sick and uh, Kelsey got particularly sick. Mm. Um, so it's been like, she just like shuts down by, like as soon as Davis goes to bed, she's gone pretty much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I've been like, having every evening to myself and I've found myself like kind of enjoying it. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. It's uh do you feel guilty about that? Yeah, I do. You don't have to. I don't know. I know. I, I said this before. <laughs> I've said this before on the podcast too. Yeah. I was like, I know, 
I know Kelsey doesn't listen, so <laughs> you're safe. <laughs> Secret okay. safe. Oh, I hope she doesn't listen now. Um, <laughs> no. So if you've been paying attention in premarriage counseling session two, you would have heard nothing. No, but one of the best things that you can, this is going to sound really conceited, but one of the best things that you can bring to your marriage is a healthy you. I mean, mm-hmm. the best gift that you're the best gift that Kelsey could ever get. I mean, Heck yeah, yeah, right, dude. Right. No, but, but a healthy you is really important. Not yeah. a selfish you, but a healthy you, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Self-care isn't selfish. And, and so having, yeah. having your own, having your own space, being able to unwind a little bit or do, th- enjoy the things that you enjoy. That's not wrong. Yeah. If it's out of, ba- I mean, if it's out of balance to the point where your family never sees you and you're not around for the important things, time yeah. to reevaluate, but mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. But you have my permission to not feel guilty about having me space. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Good. Because I've found, at least in our our marriage, is almost three years old now. Mm. We've almost been married three years. I've I enjoy like it doesn't bother me for us to be spending more time apart as much as it bothers her. Like I'm very very content to be doing my own thing. I think and that's a dude thing. I'm that's, not gonna it lie. It might just I be just... a dude thing. Um, like I've I've always got hobbies, <laughs> and I'm always content to like. Sweet, she's gonna go take a bath. I'm gonna go do my thing. Like, <laughs> like I find myself getting happy when she's like, "I'm gonna do my own thing." Like, sweet. So, and not uh, that I don't love spending time with her because I do, mm-hmm. but um, I just I, I don't need as much of it as it seems like she does. Yeah. So I don't know. I guess I do feel a little guilty about that. But you're telling me I don't have to feel guilty as long as you're not neglecting your wife. Um, I don't think I am. Yeah. So she would be able to tell you. <laughs> She'll tell me. <Yeah>. You. <laughs> to uh, speak to that, I feel like it's very easy to for me to have a similar situation. Well, to earlier to what you were talking about, but um, like at one point, I mean, you, I've, have you listened to most of the podcasts or all of them? Oh yeah, sweet. Okay, so you've listened to our miscarriage <laughs> podcast. You know, at least Katie's in my story to yeah. some extent. Yeah. So. You know, going through that whole experience and like, hey, we were on the track, we're going to have a kid and all that. And now we're still back in the stage of, you know, we're trying to have a child still. Um, I think it's very easy, at least it's very easy for me to feel like the, we're very focused on this goal. And so in the same way of like, oh, you know, we've had a kid now, it's very easy to put the marriage on pause. And mm-hmm. I've recently, I've had that very similar thing and Katie and I have discussed this, but it's like, it's very easy to have like, okay, we're really focused on this thing. And so it's like, you know, we can kind of put, oh, date night on the back burner because, you know, we've got all these other things to do, but also we know where she's got medical appointments. It's just like the new focus is that thing. And yeah. I just feel like it's so difficult sometimes to just like be like, oh, wait, this right here, you and I is actually super important as well. And not just be like, we're focused on this goal, you know, in a very unidirectional manner. Yeah. So I just like, I don't know. It's, it's difficult. It's like, I, I don't even know what to tell myself in those <laughs> moments sometimes. Like I, it's like, you can very easily know that, but at the same time, the focus can be so intensely directional that it's right. like i don't even know you how to redirect this because it is good like our desire like i know that it's very easy for i mean even the bible commands it. it's like hey go and make more disciples and make nations and spread over the earth it's like yeah we're like maybe we're, our we're call, trying it's like we're trying to do that <laughs> you know and it's, so it's like it's like even the really good things that are like you're supposed to want this it's like i know that like 
it's like maybe it's not God's plan, but from right now, my perspective, it's like all the signs point to yes. So it's like something is not up here. And it's very easy to like feel like this is the only thing that matters. I guess that's the best way to put it. And it's like, is that, I know that's unreasonable, but like, how far can that even go, really? I guess that's a really that's a real, complex question. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, so I'm not going to answer that uh, directly other than to say, boy, there are seasons and chapters of life mm-hmm. that come to an end. Yeah. Eventually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We don't, we're not writing that entirely. You know, God, God exactly. knows the beginning from the end and he's sovereign in, in each, uh, in the story of our lives and in each and every chapter, mm-hmm. each chapter has several supporting characters that come and go sometimes Mm -hmm. Um, the plot, we get some say in it, but he also has a good idea of what the plot of the chapter of our life is going to say. Ultimately, Um, boy, chapters come to an end eventually. Mm -hmm. uh, And I don't want to lose my wife in the midst of this chapter. So whatever the circumstances are in this chapter, you're describing some challenging circumstances, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Or, or some, hopes and desires that are unfulfilled currently. Mm-hmm. And you only have so much control over that. Right. And, yeah. Um, but this chapter will come to an end one way or another eventually. And, yeah. and don't lose your wife in the midst of that. Right. And be her companion in the middle of that boy. When you're talking about trying to find date nights and you're busy with all the other things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not trying to say it's simple, but add mm-hmm. three other people into the mix. Yeah. And I'm like, man, <laughs> I've, I've got three other schedules that I have to balance. There are some days I feel like I need an air traffic controller. Just to tell me where I need to go next <laughs> yeah. and who I need to Uber to the next sporting event <laughs> or whatever. And like, man, the, the family Uber driver. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and my biggest challenge, if, if there's a, place where i'm just dropping the ball is date night with my wife like how do i not lose the romance in the midst of just focusing on the kids too so you know the the kids aren't the fulfillment of that you know i mean i may be speaking entirely for myself but i feel like it's very easy you know as a guy to be like oh we're married and it's like well we're on the same page like we're good now you know like married for life we're we're focused on these things over here it's like we're we're great like what's the problem and it's like some it's so easy to just be like oh it's like we've we've won we've succeeded yeah and it's so arrived yes you kind of neglect the relationship for that reason there might be some maintenance along the way (laughs) it's almost like over security is like the way that i can very feel like i'm so secure in my relationship with my wife it's like i'm not reading into what she's doing when she wants to just hang out and read her book on the couch. I'm not like, Oh, she hates me now. Well, I guess I'll just go, you know, watch some TV by I've myself or something like that. And I, I'm just like, Oh, look, she's great. Man. And, but like, that's very much my feelings. It's very easy to think that she feels that same way. I'm, I'm really grateful um, that for my wife, if, if we're not in alignment, mm-hmm. she'll let me know. And she doesn't in a gentle kind way, but she's not shy about it either. Yeah. And I can be really, uh, dimwitted sometimes to not recognize that a little more maintenance is needed here in the relationship. And, mm-hmm. and she'll let me know that in a gentle way, which is helpful. That's why I was, you know, saying Kelsey will let you know if, you know, <laughs> yeah. do, do, do you mind if I have an evening where I'm working on my stuff down in the, in the sound room or whatever? Like, yeah. And if she, if she hesitates there, boy, that's the time to have a conversation, right? Mm-hmm. Otherwise, no, go do your thing. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. I even said that last week where I was content for a while to just get my yes and not really, yeah. Pay super close attention to how the yes was delivered or mm-hmm. not, yeah. not really ask enough questions. So that's something I'm still working on. Cause I, as I said numerous times, I'm very content to do my own thing. And I, I asked for permission to do a lot of things. And Kelsey's so awesome that she says <laughs> yes a lot. So uh, 
uh, it's tough for me to just like take advantage of her chillness. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, uh, I guess that's my, it's a pitfall that I fall into. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm managing that too. Um, my, my question about, uh, marriage, or I guess date nights in general is, uh, like how do you make them worthwhile? Like, I don't know. We, mm-hmm. we haven't done date, date nights. It's been a while. <laughs> Luckily we we're thankful for our friendship with Nathan and Katie. Cause Katie literally said, I'm coming over to babysit your kid on Thursday night and you guys are going on a date. We're forcibly so, kicking you that's out. That's fantastic. Yeah. You are kicking us out of our house and we're going somewhere. Mm-hmm. So I'll give you my address later. You guys are yeah. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> my kids are old enough. Uh, That's yeah. a cool thing. My kids are old enough. We can leave them at home home now, which is mm-hmm. wonderful. Yeah. You know, things have come full circle though. Sure. Uh, Kelsey used to be our primary watcher of our kids when our kids were I could younger. see your kids watching our kids. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah. Maybe one more not so, so much, but <laughs> but the other two, yeah, probably. No, I'm, I'm teasing. Uh, yeah. No, but um that's what you have to but, do is be intentional about it. Yeah, but even the date date nights we've been on, it's like we sit down at the dinner at the table at the restaurant we're at. And we we're looking at each other like, "Hi, <laughs> how are you? <laughs> like, how you been? Uh-huh. You know, it's like we haven't had a date like that in a long time, and mm-hmm. it feels like feels like we're getting to know each other again, like mm-hmm. all over again, a lot of the time." So that sounds about right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, yeah, I'm not crazy. Let me just normalize that for you. <laughs> yeah. Because for Kelsey, she's like, Oh, I can have adult conversation. And, mm-hmm. and yeah, you know, when you're, <laughs> she when does you're, miss talking to regular people sometimes. Yeah. And when you're having, when, when you're falling in love and you're pursuing somebody, there's an mm-hmm. intensity when you're trying to get to the ring, you're mm-hmm. trying to get married and you're trying to get across yeah. that marriage finish line. There's a lot of hot pursuit. And after that, it's easy to take the, the, your foot off the accelerator there. And then when you're trying to get back into the group, like, oh, we need to probably pursue each other a little bit more. Mm. But you're in a different stage of life by then. Yeah. yeah. Like the energy level is totally different. And what is what you look for, like on a, on a Friday night is can we just um, eat Doritos without anybody <laughs> asking us for something? Yeah. Can we just sit and watch a movie together and not have anybody interrupt us? Mm-hmm. Or There have been a couple of date nights. Not many, but a couple of date nights where the kids were with somebody else, and we went back to our own house for date night <laughs> mm-hmm. and mostly slept. We did some other things maybe too, but <laughs> sure. mo- but mostly just chilled in our own house. Like it's mm. not romantic or there's nothing <laughs> yeah. spicy about that except we can't do that otherwise. Mm. And right. It we just want to be together. Yeah. I think it's pretty normal mm. that the that uh, some of the the sparkle is gone, but the, but yeah. but the depth of intimacy doesn't disappear. I mean, there's okay. a comfortability well, that comes with with that. All right, well, that's good to hear because I feel like most of our relationship has been that way. We don't go on dates, like we don't do fun things. We're both just very, very much couch potatoes. Mm-hmm. So like we just enjoy doing that or watching a show we like or doing a puzzle or something like that. So like date night doesn't necessarily mean we'd go do something. The mm-hmm. date but. night that I hate. I absolutely hate is we'll say, Hey, you want to watch a movie tonight? And we'll go our, our TV rooms in the basement. We'll go in the basement and then we'll spend the entire movie length of time looking for something that we both oh, want to I watch know. together. Oh, that is the worst game. <laughs> oh, so everybody we, goes we, to bed. Crunchy. Our solution to this is a hard trade off. What's that? What our that solution true? is we, we have a hard trade off where we just go, all right, it's my pick. Cool. Next mm-hmm. one's yours. And it's uh. just, it just it is what it is. You you pick movies, and the goal is to pick a movie you'll both like, 
Yeah. So then at the end you go like, so what'd you think? And you go, eh, eh. nah. <laughs> she's like, okay. I'll try to think about it next yeah. time. But yeah. like when we pick movies, we just alternate. Someone's picking and That's we're smart. watching. So yeah, be- like because we we did that because we would scroll. We got to the point where we're just scrolling Netflix, scrolling Amazon Prime, going anything. Yeah. Anything? No. Bueller? No. That's okay. a good compromise there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then yeah. we just said, I was like, look, I'm picking a movie. We're gonna watch it. Next movie, yours. Let's just mm-hmm. do that. We've been doing that for like two years now. Just whatever it is, and the number of movies I've watched that I was like, Ellen, pause. This is the rest of the plot of this movie. Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh. Can I leave? Yes. Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay, thanks. <laughs> nice. Oh, that's funny. But I've also seen a bunch of movies I never would have watched. Like a bunch of movies mm-hmm. that it's just funny, like when you with your spouse the number of movies that like in the back of your head, you don't really remember watching. And then you mm-hmm. go, Oh yeah, I love this movie as a kid. Mm-hmm. I totally forgot about this. I like, I, like she'll pick a movie. She's like, Oh, I love this one. I was like, Oh, I think I've seen this. Oh, I have seen this. This is a good movie. I totally forgot about this. Never would have watched it. If you hadn't picked it mm-hmm. or movies where she goes, Oh, my dad loved this movie. When I was a kid. Uh, it's a good one. And I go, I've never seen it. It's some nineties movie that is really good. And I was like, Oh yeah, I totally missed this in my childhood. That's great. So I've discovered a lot of stuff I like out of this mm-hmm. too, which is nice. Cause you just yeah. wouldn't, come to it naturally any other way. Sure. So, yeah. It is a recommendation. There are some good rom-coms out there that I would never seek out to watch myself, mm-hmm. <laughs> but you find out you like them. So. But a cheesy movie night with your wife, it's a good context Better. for that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we don't watch a lot of movies. We watch shows, but yeah. I want to watch more movies. Like, So we wanted a big show, Tara, where we were just watching nothing but shows, and then we basically stopped and said, let's watch movies. Let's just let's be done with this. Let's watch movies. So the first thing we did is we watched the entire MCU start to finish. Oh, nice. That's a pretty good. Because they have it on. It was when Disney Plus first came out. Yeah. We we're like, is wait. That, what oh, if we Marvel just Cinematic did the Universe? Thing? Got it. Boom. Yes. Got, got it. it. <laughs> I jumped off that train a long time ago. I know. <laughs> so I had two, and I was like, "There's about ten movies in here I haven't seen." Mm-hmm. And sure, let's start. So we watched it chronological order from start to finish because they have it in chronological order. That's the way mm-hmm. to do it. Which is. It was actually quite good. It made me, it made me enjoy those movies way more. Mm-hmm. So that was a fun one. Because Ellen nice. had only seen like half of them. And I was like, yeah, there's some good ones in here. This will be fun. That, that's how it started was with those. Yeah. Yeah. We just watched the Adam Project. Nathan and I did. Oh, was that yeah. good? It dude. was, dude. It was. It's such a shame that I feel relief when a movie is made just about a traditional family and the importance mm-hmm. of a father-son relationship. In oh, this, man. in our, in today's society, like, oh, I'm so, I'm so glad that's still out there, because <laughs> I feel like the narrative, yeah. the cultural narrative is so opposite of that, mm-hmm. um, in general. So it was a, it was a really good movie, honestly. And Ryan Reynolds was cool. great. It was funny. The mm-hmm. the kid was great. Um, it was, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I recommend right. it. It's um, it's, list it's like sure. a, um, it's basically, almost like. I don't know. It's like a guy's emotional drama masquerading as an action film. I shed a tear. Action film. I shed a few tears. Like, actually, it was so there's cool. a couple scenes that are specifically like a from a father son relationship. Like got me right in the chest. Like, mm, <laughs> <laughs> get it together. Scott Feelings. and I are watching it together. Like, man, that pizza was good. I'm gonna get another beer. <laughs> don't look over here. <laughs> Do allow me to feel my feelings. No, but it's yeah. it's it's very good. It was it was good stuff, but yeah. yeah, cool, absolutely. All right, I think we should wrap this one up. I think so. This yeah. has been great. Yeah, thanks for coming, Dan. Yeah. Thanks for having me, guys. This thanks has for been a lot of fun. Yeah, I 
I don't know. I really enjoyed this one. Mm-hmm. I feel like we got a little counseling session yeah. out of it. So. Now that you've been here, try marriage counseling. We're gonna have you back for like a legitimate like topic that we decided. <laughs> yeah. Yes. A hundred percent. I'd sure. love it. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anytime. Unless we, have, unless we have someone else scheduled. Um, <laughs> so. Got it. Anyway, um, if you haven't already, follow us on the social media. We. I say this every stinking time. I, I know. Don't use it. Don't use it. Just follow uh, so people just, know that who we are. Just please. do it so the page can grow and people can find us. I don't know. Yes. Uh, um, I was actually talking to someone about. I was actually talking to someone this week about social media marketing. I was like, I might consult you. It's like, okay, because I was like, we just don't do it. None of us use social media. We all hate Facebook. I we browse Twitter. Well, I browse social media. I don't yes. post anything. Yes. That's my yeah. problem. Right? Total consumer. Not a exactly. producer whatsoever. <laughs> so, yeah. We need help getting it going. He's like, all right, just talk well, to it me. Takes like, work. All right, like, maybe I will. I would love if, okay, if any of you listening are into video editing mm-hmm. and you want to go through our archive of stuff and clip funny moments <laughs> or when we made a good point about something, feel mm-hmm. free. Let us, <laughs> let us start know. posting that crap. I'll give you the login information. You can just <laughs> go, to, it. go to town because I don't want to do it. It takes <laughs> way too much time. It does. Yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, that's all we got for this week. Next week, we're interviewing our father, Jeff and my father. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Who in <laughs> no, uh, our father who art in heaven. Uh, your father. <laughs> yes. Who art in heaven. Yeah. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> Thankfully. <laughs> oh, goodness. Oh, golly. All right. That's all we got for this week. Talk at you next week. Bye. Cheers. That was 